I'm Lori Coates, BCBA school psychologist and bait team coordinator. And I'm Jocelyn Ruiz, BCBA and co-coordinator of the bait team. And this is our third episode of Bait Debate, topics we're tackling. Bait Debate will address simple, research-based behavioral practices that will work with individual students or groups of students in school settings. The situations and questions will be adapted from what we are hearing and seeing in schools. These are common struggles with students of all abilities. And although these are simple strategies, they will be effective at decreasing challenging behavior and making your day just a little easier. We're excited to share these strategies to make them available to SPED teachers, gen ed teachers, and other staff working in schools. We will occasionally have special guests from the field joining us, and we're also excited to announce that you can now submit your questions by emailing us at baitdebatepodcast at gmail.com. That is B-A-I-T-D-E-B-A-T-E podcast at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing uh, about what you guys are experiencing. Uh, So please be sure to send us your questions. So Lori, last episode, we talked about identifying behaviors and their severity before responding. Did you have any experiences recently where this was critical and what can you tell us about what you learned? It seems like that uh, we're always having this experience, right? Like, for instance, earlier today, actually, so today, Mm -hmm. having an experience of a student who eloped, we talked about elopement last time, And the student went into a gym area where it was easier to contain where she was and watch for her safety. Mm -hmm. And so it made us a little more, I think, relaxed than the last time the student had eloped because last time the student eloped off campus. So the previous time was dangerous. Yes. (laughs) This time was disruptive. So this time we could do a little bit more of a less intrusive intervention and wait for her to respond to the direction. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's I great. yeah I had a similar experience too with elopement oh, yesterday. Yeah. Actually, really, yes. In my situation, we had a student who had eloped to the playground, and we were able to kind of contain him by also withdrawing the attention and providing it when needed. Mm-hmm. But then there was a moment when the student started walking to the street, oh, and in scary. that yeah, in that moment, we were like. We don't care about the attention that we're going to provide to the student right now because this is a safety issue and we need to respond at a higher level. So we, yeah, we definitely ran and gave that (laughs) student all the attention that he was looking for, which sometimes is going to happen. Exactly. Because a student being safe is more critical than anything else. Yes. And it seems like right now in at least our area, we're hearing a lot about students eloping or running away. It seems like the students have figured out that this is a way for them to escape what's Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. or also have adults paying attention a little bit. They kind of like the game of chase. Yeah. So it's a a scary thing for all schools, I think, because there's always a street out yeah. in front, and it it makes them nervous. And some of these schools are on busy main streets, and that increases the... Yeah. safety risk at that moment so exactly yeah. exactly so it's good examples of those watching for the disruptive versus dangerous unfortunately mm-hmm. dealing with elopement which is way too much but yeah. what's the primary to- topic for today Jocelyn today we're going to be talking about echoing empathy hmm. so 
What does empathy do for us humans? Empathy is that ability to understand how someone might be feeling, because we can imagine it mm -hmm. in, our, in our minds, right? To be in their shoes. Empathy enables us to build and maintain those social relationships. It's the ability to feel connected. Once we feel connected to somebody and we feel valued and cared for, then we're more likely to do things, right, mm -hmm. for someone else, and we're more likely to want to be in a give-and-take relationship. Yes. So if we, when somebody gets us and says, hey, I get it, we're, we're feel, we feel much more connected and feel like we can achieve more. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. you're more effective as an adult working with children. So when we come to that empathy, which we'll talk a little more about, is that you're going to be more effective if you understand what mm -hmm. they might be feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Jocelyn, what are some ideas on how we can cultivate greater empathy? Well, there's a couple different things that, as educators, we can do to cultivate greater empathy. The first is starting by accepting and validating student feelings. Yeah. Just validating sometimes can be enough to let the student feel understood. And when they feel understood and staff reaffirm their needs or their interests, and make suggestions rather than impositions, the student is less like is more likely to engage or comply with what you are asking them to do. Absolutely. Yeah. We also should try to take the student's perspective and understand their world. Yes. Kids have hard lives. Yes, they really and do. And Taking a moment to think about what they go what they go through in their homes or in their communities and how that affects their behavior is important because that helps us be more compassionate about the situations that they may be experiencing and then in turn we become more compassionate towards them as well. Do you think uh, in that there's a little bit of that part too of it, that, that adults sometimes think kids have it easy because you mentioned kids' lives are kind of hard. They have it easy, right? Because right now they're not walking up both, you know, walking to school up a hill both ways mm -hmm. in the snow, you know, that whole thing where we talk about, you know, your life is much easier than ours ever was. But students right now have so much, children have so much coming at them that they're trying to process. And so I think it's important mm -hmm. for adults to step in that world for a minute. Right. Yeah. 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 There definitely is a lot of trauma mm -hmm. things that are affecting students nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, as educators, you mentioned in a previous podcast about being culturally competent. And I think yes. that also comes into play when we talk about empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So some other things we can do to cultivate greater empathy are listening and ask questions. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite quotes recently has been from Ted Lasso. If you watched Ted Lasso, it's a great show. If you haven't, you're missing out. But in what, one of the quotes that Ted Lasso in one of the episodes says is, be curious, not judgmental. Yes. And I really love that because it helps me remember to ask questions, maybe figure out what's going on in the student situation, and not just assume that the student is behaving the way that they're behaving because of things that I think are happening. Yeah, or, or, or that you think that they're against you. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I think because staff are not curious, they feel like they're being attacked by a student. Mm -hmm. right? And really the student's just feeling some big feels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So listen and ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, be aware of your biases. Sometimes we may 
have some biases that we are reluctant to think about. But, you know, taking some time to reflect on some of those things is also important because they could be affecting the way that we are managing behaviors. They really could. Two more things. Working on building and rebuilding those relationships that may have not have been ruined in the process. And we'll talk about a couple different strategies too that help staff build or again, rebuild those relationships with students when they've been affected. Last but not least, we should be choosing empathy. Every day. Yes. When we choose empathy, this also does something for our internal state because I can think about why things are happening and when I'm calmer and can respond better, then I'm better able to manage the situation. So for example, let's say maybe you have a student in junior high who's having behaviors. I could think about the changes that are happening in the brain during that age. And by thinking about that, I become more empathetic because I remember that some of these things may not be in the student's control. And what matters right now is how I respond to this behavior. Exactly. I like the idea of choosing empathy, too, because it takes me out of me. If I'm being, you know, choosing empathy, I'm thinking about you. I'm not thinking about me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so then I don't get that personalization, right? Yes. I'm like, oh, that was really hurtful what they just said. They don't really mean to be hurtful. No, no. (laughs) Most of the time. (laughs) In an escalation, some of those things, yeah, they're not trying to be personal. They're not trying to be personal. That's for sure. So if we're continually using empathy and validating student emotions, where do rules and expectations come in? So empathy doesn't negate having rules and expectations. Rules and expectations actually help fill a student feel safe by knowing that my teacher has expectations, my, the adults in my world have expectations of me, and that adult is consistent about those expectations. Yes. It does help them feel safe. It may mean that a student has to have a negative consequence, and we can understand that they feel sad about it, Yes. But we don't need to take it away just because we understand they feel sad about it. I actually had a teacher call me this morning about this where she said, you know, the mom is just, it says, well, he thinks that's dumb and that's, that's not good. And, and so this is what my kid's thinking. So we need to listen to him. <laughs> and, the t- and the teacher who talked to me, you know, she said, I need to the parent, I need to be consistent because this is what I said. And here's how I, you know, can be respectful to your students. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to, that empathy, you can still have empathy and still have expectations for students. Definitely. 100%. Yes. Yeah. So what can we as adults do to increase positive relationships with students, Jocelyn? First thing is have fun. Oh, goodness, yes. Set up opportunities where you have fun with the student. I know you had a story about a teacher yeah. that you told wasn't having a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, when I would go in our classroom, she wasn't having fun with the students. And these students were hilarious. They were just a great group of students, Uh, sometimes naughty, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes exhibited challenging behavior, but they were really fun students. And so I said to her, I need you to start having fun or you're going to hate your job. Yeah. Right. So that was the first step. And I think she started enjoying her school year a little more when she started having fun. Yeah. 
kids are, or students, I should say, are the best part of the job. And 100%. Having fun with them <laughs> is one of my favorite yeah. parts of being a behavior analyst in school. Exactly. Play. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can also acknowledge all appropriate responses and questions. So if I have a student telling me they feel upset or whatever they're feeling, I would acknowledge that and say, I, I can see that you're upset mm -hmm. and go on from there. Another thing I like to do sometimes, th and this may not work with or may not be appropriate for all students, but using self-disclosure. A little bit, huh? It, if appropriate, just showing students that you're also human and mm -hmm. you understand what they're going through. So something like, oh yeah, I, I, I know I sometimes in the mornings when I'm feeling sad, I also do this and yeah. just helping the student understand that they're not alone in what they're feeling. Or even as simple as, remember our RVT who said <laughs> to a student, the student said, I want to earn Dr. Pepper. And she said, that's my favorite drink. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, just even that much disclosure. Yes. And they sat and had some Dr. Pepper together. Yeah. And from that point forward, their relationship was so fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, even when he had some challenging days, she was able to turn that around because they had something in common. They had that connection. Yeah. As simple yeah. as Dr. Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> also using responses like, I agree, I respect, I appreciate. Those are all validating mm -hmm. to the student. Agreed. Asking about their interests. What do they like to do? And maybe finding some common ground or something from that that you can take and incorporate into your classroom to get them more motivated to participate or whatever it is that you are wanting them. Or let them teach you about their interests. Yes. I'm working with a student right now who knows how to do video game development. Not like a lot of our students who are saying they're going to be video game developers mm -hmm. and they may be seven and not really know. This student yes. really gets it. Uh -huh. And I said, I don't even understand what you're doing. And we had a great moment together while he taught me about what he was doing. It was very interesting. Mm -hmm. And then I said it earlier, but listening actively mm -hmm. and really trying to figure out what it is a student is trying to communicate without, again, having our assumptions coming into play. And as behavior analyst, we also have to echo empathy with staff as well. Mm. It's harder for staff to listen to us when they're feeling frustrated, just as it is difficult for staff to listen to students when it's not That's uncommon true. for teachers or staff to make assumptions about the intentions of the student when listening. And by using empathy and remembering those things that we can do, you're more likely to understand the why and implement better strategies. And True. then better strategies mean we all go home at the end of the day feeling less burnt out and more connected to our students. And isn't that one of the best end goals? Mm -hmm. <laughs> when you go home not feeling quite as burned out. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Bait Debate. We're excited to have this opportunity to share our strategies. It may be surprising to hear that echoing empathy is one of our first key strategies as behavior analysts or behaviorists, but it's a very clear and important starting point. We hope this information was meaningful to you all today and want to remind you that we have a lot of more exciting topics. And if you have friends, share with them, let them know what we're doing, email us, 
Let's have good conversations about student behavior. We'll catch you next time.